Welcome back to the Biased Opinion Sports Podcast. Um, me and PJ here. Got a big college football season and big college football game coming up. Uh, this is going to be a episode preview of Notre Dame at Ohio State week one. Uh, biggest game of the week. Maybe the biggest game of the season uh, for both teams, at least definitely for ND. Uh, it seems like um, top five matchup, I believe, uh, with ND ranked fifth and Ohio State ranked second. So, uh, yeah, PJ, I got to start it. Yeah, definitely a big game. I think what makes it interesting is the, the geography of the two schools. These are probably the, uh, the two best teams in the Midwest. Notre Dame's been pretty consistent over the last few years, even though they haven't threatened for a national championship. And Ohio State's pretty much winning the Big Ten every single year. So, for me, as a Notre Dame fan, I think – the interesting thing is about this game for me is that I kind of know what to expect out of Ohio State. They have a pretty pretty good offense. Uh, they've had they have a pretty average defense, and they have their quarterback and coach returning from last year. Meanwhile, for Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame is a complete wild card. I think it can go one of two ways. Notre Dame can be really competitive in this game and even win the game, or Notre Dame might just not be that good this year and get absolutely blown out. And I think in past years, if Brian Kelly was still the coach of Notre Dame. I think it'd be pretty predictable what would happen. Notre Dame would either get blown out on the road, you can see it coming from a mile away, or Notre Dame would be competitive in the game, but you kind of know watching the game that there's no way that they're actually going to win it uh, at the end of the game. So I think with Marcus Freeman, he he's only coached one game, and that was the bowl game last year, and Notre Dame kind of choked that one. So he's a relatively inexperienced head coach. Maybe maybe that's good for Notre Dame because Ohio State doesn't really know what to expect from Marcus Freeman. And the quarterback, Tyler Buckner, it's, he's going to be making his first start in the horseshoe. I, yeah, I believe it's his first start. Buckner, he could go one of two ways. He could be really good or he just might not be that good at all. And if Tyler Buckner's not very good, then Notre Dame could be in a lot of trouble. So I think, I don't know, Notre Dame. I don't know, really know what to expect from them, but I think that's a good thing going into this game because the last few years going into the big games, we kind of knew what to expect out of Notre Dame, and it really wasn't going to be anything close to a victory under Brian Kelly. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, Ohio State's heavily favored in this one. I think most general consensus would probably say Ohio State's going to win. I bet game day they're probably all going to pick Ohio State um, at home, especially, and just the Ohio State kind of has that, name brand value I guess that not many schools outside of Alabama have where uh, the media and fans generally just assume they're going to win I guess you could say uh, week in week out every single week no matter who they're playing and but I do think on the other side I think ND I guess the big thing they have going for them and you kind of talked about it is the unpredictability um, between new head coach uh, new inexperienced unproven head coach new inexperienced unproven QB new and experienced, unproven wide receiver room. I just – there's a lot of, I guess, unpredictable – I mean, the, like you said, it could go one of two ways. This, this could all blow up in their, our face and ND could get out, stomped on and this could be in a boring game that you shut off at halftime because it's 35-3. Um, but, I, I mean, I think throughout the history of college football at the same time, that unpredictability and kind of coming out of nowhere – um, stories are kind of, I mean, that's what all the great teams and legends and stories are pretty much made out of. I mean, you think to Joe Burrow at LSU, you think to, I was actually watching a documentary the other day about Johnny Manziel and kind of the idea of him being too stupid to know any better, that he shouldn't be going up to going uh, against Alabama and beating them uh, as a freshman. 
small freshman on a underdog Texas A&M team at that time. Um, and I guess maybe ND kind of has that or about them of being kind of too stupid to know any better than game by three scores, uh, maybe. And uh, I think, I don't know. I just think that's a big part of what makes college football great in the first place is um, the unpredictability of it. And, but I, I think compared to ND teams of the past, I think, like you said, if Brian Kelly was coming in here with a team of uh, 50 years that, you know, you've seen for the last three years and you kind of know what they bring to the table. And there are three-star recruits that are just good college football players, but probably not going to get you over the hump. I think these young this young team, uh, certain positions at least, key positions still though, um, young unproven head coach um, and just kind of the new energy and confidence about ND football, I think is putting them in a p- better position to succeed than Brian Kelly maybe ever did during his tenure at ND. So I would be a lot less confident in this game if I saw what happened, if I didn't see what happened last year. So last year, Ohio State, week two, played Oregon at home. And they lost 35-28, and Ohio State was favored by 14 and a half, and Oregon didn't have their best player. Uh, I think it was fifth overall draft pick, Kayvon Thibodeau. And the game really wasn't even that close. Oregon uh, went up 21-7, to and then every single time Ohio State scored a touchdown, or Oregon responded with a touchdown, and they pretty much ran it right down their throat. I mean, Oregon had 269 rushing yards that game, averaged 7.1 yards per carry, and Ohio State... Uh, C.J. Stroud threw for 484 yards, uh, and they still lost. And Oregon Oregon didn't turn the ball over, and Ohio State had one, one interception. And then in the last week of the season, Ohio State played Michigan, and Michigan won 42-27. And it, Ohio State, it really wasn't even that close either. I think the whole second half, uh, yeah, Michigan scored every single time they touched the ball in the second half. And if I get their stats up, Michigan ran for 297 yards and averaged 7.2 yards per carry. So very similar stats to Oregon. And then in the bowl game, I watched Ohio State play. They played Utah, and Utah scored 45 points on Ohio State. And Utah had uh, 226 rushing yards for 5.1 yards per carry. And they also threw the ball for – yeah, they had 464 total yards of offense. And Ohio State won that game by three, and C.J. Stroud threw for 500 and 73 yards. And against Michigan, C.J. Stroud threw for 394 yards, uh, didn't turn the ball over, and had two touchdowns, and Michigan still won. So after seeing Oregon beat Ohio State at Ohio State, after seeing Michigan, even though they were at home, beat Ohio State, and then after seeing Utah drop 45 points on Ohio State, I guess as a Notre Dame fan, even though the 17-point spread is a little worrying, I'm a little confused why if Oregon can beat Ohio State, Michigan can beat Ohio State, and Utah can score 45. Why can't Notre Dame be competitive in this game? And that's why I I think it'd be disappointing if Notre Dame didn't keep it close. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, Ohio State, too, on the defensive side of things last year, the the rushing defense was absolutely abysmal. I, I think Michigan ran for 300 yards on them, six touchdowns. Like, it's – Utah, Michigan, and Oregon all had almost 300 rushing yards on them. Um, it, they they just they get gashed on the ground. I and I think part of that too. I for me personally, a uh, big X factor in this one. I don't really buy into Ryan Day as an elite uh, college football. I understand that he's won a ton of games since he's taken over. Um, 
But like you said, I mean, last year, the further we get away from the Urban Meyer era at Ohio State, Urban Meyer wasn't losing to Oregon at home in week two, and he wasn't losing to Michigan. Uh, and then Ryan Day did both of those things last year. And the further we cycle out of these Urban Meyer players and the Urban Meyer locker room culture that he built and the program that he built and get more into the Ryan Day era at Ohio State, I just – I don't really buy it. The fact that Harbaugh was calling out to the media uh, uh, last year and Harbaugh beat him, I mean, I don't really – believe or respect Harbaugh all that much as a head coach and Harbaugh kind of embarrassed Ryan Day on uh, national television last season, one of the biggest games of the year every year. And it's just, I don't know. I, I don't really buy into Ryan Day's defense. I think the rushing, if you, if you can't tackle or stuff the run in college football, you kind of have a soft defense and you kind of have a defense that gets exposed. And um, I don't know, like it, I just think Ohio state is a little overrated, especially when they're mentioned with the, Bama's and Georgia's of the world. Um, I, they just don't have the defense to match up with those teams um, from a talent perspective or from a coaching perspective and from a results perspective. So, uh, yeah, I think they're beatable. And ND, I don't know, the key is going to be to run the ball because Buckner, even if he's – the chances that he's a Heisman caliber quarterback in his really first career game for the most part um, as the unquestioned starter – uh, it's it's slim. So I think I don't know. You got to feed the running backs. There's talent there, uh, but yeah, the key is to run the ball because this Ohio State run defense is terrible, and I don't really think it got much better. Yeah, you said a lot of things there that I want to jump off on. First, you brought up Alabama and Georgia, and you said that Ohio State really isn't in the same category. And I I agree. I don't know if I ever ever brought this up on the podcast before, but I have this thing called a ten year championship theory or hangover. Or basically, if you're a fan of a team and you've won a championship within the last 10 years, you can kind of expect mediocrity and not really complain because you just celebrated a championship. And that's mainly for sports where there is an equal playing field for all teams, which college football doesn't really have. Ohio State has played – in the last seven seasons, Ohio State has not won the national championship. So they're getting very close to the end of my 10 years. And I just think – I think not to make this too much of an Ohio State podcast, but – it's time for them to win a national championship because they keep getting mentioned in the same breath as Alabama and Georgia, but Alabama is clearly the number one program in the country. Now I, I even think Georgia and Clemson are bigger programs and better programs than Ohio state. So I think, and Ohio state not winning. So if you want to say Notre Dame hasn't won a championship in 30 years, that's fine. But Notre Dame really doesn't have the talent to win a championship. And we're not really going for a national championship at this moment in time. You can't tell me that Ohio State hasn't won the national championship in the last seven years because they can't recruit or they don't have enough talent. The talent's been there. And, yeah, last year was a pretty bad year for, for Ryan Day. They went 11-2 and two and just squeaked out a Rose Bowl win. But I don't know. I think it's time for Ohio State to win the national championship. I don't think it's happening this year. But if they want to be a true uh, – the best program in college football or even one of the best, then I think, I think that they need a national championship very, very soon because, I don't know, eight years without a national championship and you're Ohio state and you're rack, raking in five stars every single year. I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty bad. And then going to Notre Dame's offense. Yeah. Marcus Freeman in the press conference said that he uh, thinks Notre Dame needs to sustain long drives in this game to win. So I think you're going to see a lot of the running game. Uh, Chris Tyree, Logan Diggs, and Audrick Estime has been putting on a lot of weight in camp. They keep showing pictures of him uh, all jacked up. So I think feeding, feeding Audrick Estime and pounding it down the throat of Ohio state's defense could be a good strategy. And Ohio State, I keep seeing on Twitter that 
They have this new defensive coordinator that they keep hanging their hat on, but I don't know if the talent isn't there. I mean, you look in recent years, Ohio State's had, you know, the Bosa twins. I don't know if they're twins, but brothers. Uh, Jeff Okuda was a top three pick somehow. Chase Young was a top two pick, I think. I don't, I don't see any of those players in their defense right now. And if you go through NFL mock drafts, uh, Ohio State doesn't have a single player touching the first round. I don't even know if they have anybody in the first two rounds. Where if you look at like Alabama, they'll always have a player in the first round, and they'll have like three in the second round or whatever. But yeah, looking at Ohio State's depth chart, I mean they have these uh, on the D line at least these two guys, JT Tilamahu and Jack Sawyer. They're pretty high recruits uh, coming out of high school, but they're I think they're sophomores now. But until you actually do it at the college level, you know it's, the book is out actually how good you are. So we'll see. Ohio State probably banking on some of these recruits getting a little bit older and a little bit better, but. Last year, they looked a long way away from being a very capable defense. Yeah, I agree. And not to keep talking about Ohio State's defense, but you read about it. And so the basically the summary is five loaded with five-star talent, and then they go through their names, and they're like, had 1.5 sacks last season, had 0.5 sacks last season, had four tackles last season. So <laughs> true freshmen, they're former five-stars that have – been there, played. Ryan Day's seen what they can do, and it's not much on the field. And these guys are being thrust into big roles. But and on top of that, they lost their the guy who led their team in sacks last season on the D line, the D line that was already bad in the big games that they played. So I just I don't really trust the Ohio State front seven at all. I think it's I think it might be one of, if not the biggest weakness from either side in this game. It I mean it really depends where Endy's where the QB and wide receiver situation goes for NBC, that could go any way. But the, the the Ohio State defense is just – it's completely overrated. And like you said, no first-rounders in their mock drafts on defense. They also – I think one of their starting linebackers is some random Arizona State transfer. I Like, it, or he's, maybe he's not a starter, but apparently he's playing a sizable role in their linebacker rotation. So I just – I don't know. Arizona State transfer. Urban Meyer, imagine him starting a random Arizona State transfer <laughs> against ND, a linebacker. No, that would never happen. And it's just – that's why I just don't think Ryan Day – if you take away Brian Hartline, the wide receiver coach, is recruiting there, what has Ryan Day done? He's pumped out wide receivers, but it's not even – Brian Hartline is just pumping out these insanely talented wide receivers. And outside of that, I guess they have the running backs too. Trayvon Henderson is – that guy's a beast for sure, but – I. I don't know. It's just state team is it's questionable. I, I think and all the pressures on them. You talked about it. They they haven't won a national championship in a while. They, I mean Ryan Day. At what at what point do you say when are you going to win a national champ? When does the when does the clock start ticking on him winning a natty there? Because like you said, the talent's been there. So I think all the pressures on Ryan Day, especially coming off last season, how it ended with the loss to Michigan, um, and. I don't know. I just think there's a lot of pressure on Ohio State. I don't think, and like I said earlier, not to keep bringing up this narrative, but ND, they kind of have nothing to lose, I guess, and they have the confidence that reminds me of those teams in the past that come out of nowhere and surprise people um, in terms of being too stupid to know that you're the underdog. And I just, I don't know. I think, I think kind of, I think the, if, if you were to imagine a perfect upset scenario for ND in week one, it's the, the, uh, Stars are aligning, I guess you could say. Yeah, I want to, I want to go talk about Ohio State's offense. 
against Notre Dame's defense. Ohio State's offense definitely has the potential to break out. And if you can't, like, stop their passing downfield, then I mean, you're in trouble if they just have more talent than you do. Like last year against Purdue and Michigan State in November, Ohio State won 59-31 against Purdue. They probably could have scored 100 points in that game if they had to. And then Michigan State, they were up like 49 to nothing at halftime, and they could have, they won like 56 to seven or something. But they could have scored another 100 in that game too. Uh, so their offense definitely has the potential to break out, but that doesn't mean that they're going to win a national championship because SEC teams won't let that happen to them. But Notre Dame's uh, strength is definitely their defensive line. Uh, Isaiah Foskey is a projected first round pick, and he, he could have easily won to the draft last year. I don't I don't have any concerns about Notre Dame's defensive line. The the secondary is where this game could get ugly in my opinion and maybe that's why it's a 17 point spread because Notre Dame's back end is just not very good I'm just kind of hoping that uh Marcus isn't going to coach him well or have a good scheme but I'm definitely worried about the secondary but when I was looking at Ohio State's wide receivers and their depth chart on their wide receivers I got a little bit more hope for Notre Dame so obviously Ohio State's biggest name receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba he's the real deal he'll be a top 10 pick and last year he had like 1,600 yards. But outside of him, there's really not that many players on Ohio State's wide receiving core who has much experience. So Marvin Harrison Jr. is uh, going to be a starting wide receiver for them. Last year he caught 11 passes for 139 yards and three touchdowns. And all three, half, half of those stats were against Utah in the Rose Bowl. So that's when Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson didn't play. So he got in. Uh, Utah, I think, had some injuries on the back end. And he caught six passes, 71 yards, and three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl. But outside of that, he really hasn't played that much college football. So, And then you go to their other starting wide receiver. They have two other receivers, Julian Fleming. He might have been like the number one overall recruit in the country, I think, coming out of high school. He caught 12 passes for 86 yards last year. And in his freshman year, he caught seven passes for 74 yards. So he has 19 career catches after being uh, the number one recruit in the country. And then this other guy, Emeka Ijugba, uh, he's another five-star recruit. Uh, he was a freshman last year, and he caught he caught nine passes for 191 yards. So yes, Notre Dame secondary might not be that good. And yes, Ohio State's receiving core on the recruiting websites look very, very good, and they have a top-10 pick and then a bunch of really, really high recruits. And I'm sure their seventh and eighth receivers might could even start for Notre Dame, but at the same time, these guys, Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming, Emeka Jugba, and their tight end, they lost their tight end. He got drafted by the Jets. They have his tight end name. Their tight end one on the step chart is Cade Stover, and he out of high school he was recruited to play linebacker. And last year, Cade Stover caught five passes for 76 yards. And then the backup tight end is some senior called Mitch Rossi, and last year he caught. Four passes for 28 yards. So I don't know. There's a lot of yes, Ohio State and their quarterback. He'll be a top five pick, so he's he's the real deal. But you look at the pass catchers, and you already talked about the running back, Trayvon Henderson. He's definitely very good. And these pass catchers, again, everyone's recruiting them. They're probably being recruited by Bama, Georgia, Clemson, all them. But they haven't actually gone on the field and done it consistently. So I don't know. If you're a Notre Dame cornerback and you're a senior or a junior. Maybe you're not going to the NFL. You don't have that much upside. You're still going against college kids that really haven't played at that level all that all that well for that long. So I think we'll see if Ohio State keeps pumping these wide receivers off trees. But 
at the moment, these wide receivers have a little bit to prove. I mean, they've caught 10, 12, and 19 more passes than I have in college. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Ohio State's offense is maybe um, getting a little too much credit, like you said. I do – I will say, I think a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., I, I, apparently, I think – he was named one of the most freak athletes in the country. He's six foot three. I think he absolutely flies. He's obviously son of Marvin Harrison, Hall of Fame wideout. Um, and I mean, people, that guy gets more hype than most uh, unproven college football players that I've seen uh, this season, at least. He, uh, but that kind of thing, it reminds me of Justin Ross on Clemson his freshman year a little bit. Just some huge, physical, fast freshman that. Um, really doesn't hasn't done anything before and then he comes up against nd and just cooks us for 200 yards and three touchdowns whatever it was and obviously that was later in the season different scenario but i just guys like that do scare me a little bit and i just kind of have flashbacks i guess of just deep ball after deep ball to these random guys when we go up against good teams and big games and i don't know maybe that's me just with the brian kelly loser mentality i guess but um, and then Smith and Jigba, like that guy is unbelievable. He was sick last year. No other way to describe it. And he honestly reminds me of Devonta Smith a little bit. Um, Devonta, when he uh, his sophomore year, uh, playing with uh, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, he kind of got overshadowed a little bit, kind of like how Smith and Jigba was overshadowed by Olave and Wilson last year. Um, both top eleven picks draft and just, I don't know just similar vibes to me of this guy the, the NFL draft scout people are like oh I don't know if he has that athleticism to be a true top five pick in the draft I don't know if he's really has that elite upside as the number one receiver but he, the guy can just play football and I I think he's going to get his no matter what in this game I don't really think ND can do a whole lot to stop him I I think he's legit number one like you said top five top ten pick uh player um but I guess for me I I think a bit of a question mark. I think you can say C.J. Stroud has never played um, without Wilson or Olave. Who I think those two guys were the two best receivers in the country last year. Um, I would have taken them over any other receivers in the draft. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not easy for a QB to lose two experienced, unbelievably talented number one NFL top ten pick wideouts. Uh, and kind of put up the same numbers and have that same sense of security, uh, especially in a big game, pressure's on. I don't, I don't know. I think Stroud, I think there's a little bit more of a question mark there than at first comes to the eye, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, I still think he has good weapons at wideout at least, but like you said, the tight end room is irrelevant for the most part. In uh, the, uh, the running back room for Ohio State, Travion Henderson is – uh, that guy's probably going to be a first-round pick at running back in a year, two years, whenever it is, two years. Uh, I think he was a true freshman last year. He's he's an absolute freak. Um, he's just an unbelievable – he just breaks off long runs. He, he's a tank. He's fast. Uh, he's kind of the total package at running back. And that's scary for sure. But at the same time, like you said, that ND D-line in the front seven is experienced, physical, uh, talented. Foskey is going to be top-ten pick probably. So I don't know. I just – Ohio State definitely has a very talented offense, but there's I think there's question marks there that I, I don't know. I just have quite like I said, I just have some questions about CJ Stroud maybe performing without his security blankets and his top guys and 
Um, I don't know. Maybe not as much as you do when it comes to the Marvin Harrisons and the other receivers they have. But the number one recruit guy that has like 80 career yards or whatever in two years, that I doubt he's going to be making much of an impact in that in this game. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance Ohio State receivers do just run around Notre Dame's corners because they just have more speed and more athleticism. But if Notre Dame competes on the outside, then I think they'll have a good chance. And then moving on to Notre Dame's offense, I think the offensive line probably the strength of the offense uh, as it normally is. They have a lot of experience and a lot of really good players in the offensive line, so I'm not too worried about protecting Buckner or you know creating some running lanes. Uh, but I think I think the key to this game is just feeding Baby Gronk. Uh, Michael Mayer probably gonna be the best player on the field uh, when Notre Dame is on offense. I just think he needs to have like 15 catches uh, for Notre Dame to win this game. And I don't know who on Ohio State is covering him. And also Tommy Reese, I I think he's in the job because of his age and because he went to Notre Dame, but I'm not really sure how good of an offensive coordinator he is. So I think Notre Dame, I don't know if they're going to win the game, but there's really no excuse for Notre Dame not to score at least 30 points in this game because they're not facing SEC defense that will just smother you all over the field. Notre Dame has enough talent in the offense. Uh, Lorenzo Styles, he should be a good receiver this year. So feed Lorenzo, uh, feed uh, baby Gronk, and you've had six months to drop some plays. Buckner was a pretty decent recruit out of high school, so I think it's on Tommy Reese to coach up this offense, drop some plays, and I'd be disappointed if Tommy Reese doesn't have a good game plan. And my patience is running thin with Tommy Reese, so I need to see, I need, I need to see Tommy do something because there was like NFL rumors at one point that he might go to the NFL, and I don't know, he ended up staying in their name and getting a pretty big contract. So if you're getting NFL rumors, if the Rams want you, then I I need to see it this week. I need to see what time Reese has. I will say about Tommy, I think I think there's a chance that he proves some people wrong because under Brian Kelly, I mean Brian Kelly kind of well known considers himself to be some QB passing game guru or something like that. And uh Brian Kelly was I'm assuming at least was such a young OC too. I think Brian Kelly was probably the guy behind the offensive schemes and everything in the playbook and kind of Tommy Reese was just calling the plays for Brian Kelly's offense. And now head coach kind of, I mean, young, inexperienced, modern, defensive minded, very defensive minded head coach. Uh, I think Tommy probably has a lot more reign, a lot more control over what happens in the offense, kind of call the plays that he wants, draw up the plays that he wants, kind of create a scheme that he wants. And I think that has the potential to, I don't know. I mean, there seems to be a lot of uh, people with throwing big money around in football, I guess, that are really intrigued by Tommy Reese. And I don't know if that's just because of the craze around sub-35 coordinators these days or what it is, but um, I don't know. I think Tommy has a chance to prove some people wrong uh, this season just in terms of finally getting control over the offense and having a quarterback. Tyler Buckner was a five-star recruit, if I remember correctly. Um, the guy was a super hyped recruit. Uh, I think he won Cali High School Player of the Year as a junior, maybe too. Um, he he's a legit, great, talented quarterback. He can run and he can throw. That the kid can play. Um, I just it remains to be seen if he can do it at this level. But I feel like Tommy has his QB and Lorenzo Styles. You mentioned him too. I think his dad and his brother. His brother goes to Ohio State right now, um, and I think his dad went to Ohio State. He. I don't know, maybe a bit of a revenge game type uh, 
not revenge game. It's not the right word, but just some added added motivation, I guess. Playing against your brother, playing against your whole family is probably going to be there. I don't know. Lorenzo Styles, young, talented, high recruit again, stepping into a huge role. I think he'll hopefully have a big game. I think he has the opportunity to have a big game. And yeah, like you said, Michael Myers, he's the X factor for ND on offense in terms of just feed him, feed baby Gronk. He's going to be top 15 pick. Um, the guy's an absolute – since the day he came into college, he looked like he could have gone first round of the draft and played in the NFL the next day. He's just a beast. And, um, yeah, I guess the only question mark about Meyer is I feel like sometimes he has some questionable drops maybe um, in, at certain times in certain games. And I guess if he cleans that up a bit, which with more experience you kind of expect a guy to, especially – um, you look at his game, and that's kind of the one glaring weakness he has. It's probably the number one thing he's working on. Um, I think if he cleans that up a bit, he'll be golden. And the other the other guy that I want to mention, too, is Chris Tyree at running back. He was a former top recruit um, going through his junior year, I believe. Uh, he He's small. He's a, he's a tiny running back. He's a pass-catching running back. He re- returns, too. But those kind of guys are, I guess – way more valuable in college football than in the NFL. Like small, tiny, wicked fast running backs have been, have had put a big, big performances in every game ever. Pretty much college football um, is where those guys thrive. There's just more space. Uh, the opponents are a little bit slower. Uh, not everybody on the field is a five-star level athlete. So I don't know. I think Chris Tyree, um, I think it's his time to kind of take over and um, live up to that recruiting hype i guess you could say he's been good but he hasn't been you know maybe the star that i or a lot of people expected him to be so uh yeah i think it's kind of tyree's time to step into the limelight a little bit and mix him in with those physical running backs they have behind them uh i think nd has the talent to win this game and put up points like you said buckner if buckner fails then it won't happen but if buckner can if buckner can play up to his potential and his athleticism his talent and uh, I think this team can be in a good, put themselves in a good position to win. All right. You have anything else to add before we get to our official prediction? Um, no, I think that's pretty much all I had. All right. Uh, so through all my doubt, I am going to pick Ohio State to win 38-27. Uh, I just need to see Notre Dame do it under Marcus Freeman before I pick them to win. And I just think in football – if you have the better coach, and even though we have questions about Ryan Day, he is more experienced than Marcus Freeman. And if you have the better quarterback, and even though we hope Tyler Buckner will be good, C.J. Stroud is going to be a top-five NFL pick. And if you're at home with at night with 100,000 fans, it's just really hard for Notre Dame to win in that scenario when you're inexperienced at coach, you're inexperienced at QB, and you're on the road. And you might have less talent to begin with, even though I think it's maybe closer than what Vegas thinks. So I'm going to go with Ohio State to win 38-27. But I do think Notre Dame, uh, it would not surprise me if Notre Dame wins this game. I'd be more surprised if they get blown out than if uh, Notre Dame wins. Uh, I'm going to go with a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be an absolute shootout. I think Ohio State's going to be slinging the ball over the field. And I think Henderson's going to run for a crap ton of yards. And on the other side, I think I believe in Buckner. I believe in Buckner since they recruited him. Um, and like I said, I kind of – buy into Tommy Reese taking over new offense, uh, maybe instilling his own mark on the offense. And 
I love Meyer. I love Styles as players. So uh, I'm going to go 45-42. It's called biased opinion for a reason. Notre Dame win. Absolute shootout. Um, game of the year candidate. Uh, but, yeah, give me the Irish on the road. And, uh, yeah, and road to a natty starts in, on Saturday. Actually, the we didn't talk about the playoff, but if Notre Dame wins, that would be pretty big uh, for them in the playoff to have this win at the end of the season. But if Notre Dame also loses and then runs the table, if they lose in like a close fashion, it won't really even count as a loss per se. Uh, it'll be like 11 and one with like half a loss to Ohio State in week one in a hostile environment. Notre Dame will get the benefit of the doubt and probably get in in that scenario. But and then for Ohio State, I mean, it could be used for for C. I don't really think Ohio State would be knocked. It'd be more detrimental to Notre Dame if they lose this game than Ohio State because Ohio State can just pretty much beat every single Big Ten team that they step on the field with. So they'll go, if they lose to Notre Dame, they just go 12-1 and and make it anyway. But it could also help them for seeding. If it's like 12-1 and against an SEC team or something, maybe they'll get, uh, if they go 13-0 and with a win against Notre Dame, then maybe maybe they'll be ranked number one or number two and get like an easier matchup uh, as opposed, and when they're comparing their resume against an SEC team uh, that wins the SEC championship. So I think, I think there's a lot of playoff implications uh, for this game. Yeah, and ND's schedule after this game is uh, until early November. I think they play Clemson. Um, but Clemson also doesn't have a QB right now. I bet I bet Clemson has a new QB. So right now, I, I believe DJ Uyunglele is starting uh, for them week one. But I bet by the time that game rolls around in November, they have a different starter. That, that guy is just – he had that one, one – again, the loss against ND was his career-defining moment because – played amazing in that game i thought for a freshman and ever since then it's just kind of been downhill for him and i don't know if he has it um and then uh usc at the end of the season too lincoln riley i don't really buy into him turning usc into an elite program just in general because oklahoma he just doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have a defense he doesn't recruit defense he doesn't coach defense he just doesn't have a defense and um he kind of built his name off developing nfl qb I don't know if that's – that's not really a national championship winning strategy that's a make a lot of money for your program maybe type strategy. So uh, especially in year one, two, I'm just not buying the USC hype. So I, I really don't think ND's schedule is all that difficult um, after this game. I, I think in general it's a good schedule uh, in the landscape of college football. Uh, but after this game, I think that win or lose, there's a strong possibility they're winning they're, they're winning out after this game. Um and I'd I'd bank on that and put money on that. So I I think that ND playoffs, as long as they don't get blown out, is a pretty pretty strong possibility, I guess. Um, and I don't know. I, I feel comfortable saying that, even though everything could go south. The QB and the coach and the receiver situation could completely tank this season. The secondary, but um, the talents there. Uh, just I don't know. Got to hope they execute and at least make it a close, exciting, fun game. Uh, yeah, I agree. And then also another thing for Notre Dame, it could also be like a program, program defining win that really helps them out on the recruiting trail. Marcus Freeman's been doing uh, pretty good on recruiting, uh, probably better than Brian Kelly ever did. So if Notre Dame in prime time wins this game, I think a lot of high recruits will take Notre Dame even more seriously than they are even right now. So I think, I think Notre Dame has a lot more to gain from this game, uh, than Ohio State does. Yeah, I agree with that. And 
yeah, it kind of just goes another into the nothing to lose kind of thing. I, I the the number one Keon Keely, the five star recruit that Andy lost a few weeks ago. I think he's in the house visiting um, as an Ohio State official visit. Um, so I don't know. It just it, there's just nothing to lose, and I think that that plays into Andy's hands and uh, plays in their favor quite a bit in this one. I just I don't know. I'll, I Ryan Day just doesn't have that it factor as a head coach. not a Nick Saber and Urban Meyer where going into a big game like this with all the pressures on him to win. I we. Have we really seen him execute in that situation before? I don't. I haven't. I don't know. I can't. Doesn't come to mind. You can say blowing out Michigan State maybe last year. I don't really rank that all that highly. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm kind of on. A, I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, status when it comes to Ryan Day's Ohio State football team and C.J. Stroud and um, kind of their whole program right now. So that's where I. That's why I'm picking ND. I like an upset. All right. I think uh, I think that's all I got. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at biased underscore underscore opinion. Tweet every time we have a new episode. Um, and, yeah, go Irish. <laughs>